welcome to unwanted football opinions i'm your host elijah joining me today are my friends advait and jitu roll intro okay welcome to another episode of unwanted football opinions today we'll be covering the seria exclusively and we'll go with the same order uh what to expect predictions for the league teams to watch out for players to watch out for and matches that you should definitely not miss so uh, we'll start off with what to expect so advait what do you think we should be expecting as uh, football fans from the seria this year i think we should expect that zlatan will again score more goals and uh, i think that juventus is not going to retain the title and i can see inter coming in there and i can see atlanta again finishing above ac milan but i can see ac milan's position getting better and napoli going a little more down although they are making good signings and they are after jean kunde of sevilla for a replacement for koulibaly and uh, i don't see lazio in the top 4 yeah, i think it was just a one season wonder you don't see lazio in your top 4 Okay. Yes, I don't see Lazio in top. Yeah, so I also I also don't feel uh, that uh, Juventus are going to retain their title. I am uh, having this gut feeling that uh, Inter will come through because uh, we haven't seen how Andrea Pirlo manages as a club. He has never managed a club in his life. So we will see only the season goes through and uh, AC Milan I think they'll have they'll qualify for the Champions League in some 6 or 7 years or something long bad time back and uh fourth I think I'll go with uh, Napoli uh just because I, I don't I'm not too confident that Atalanta and Lazio because I think they'll finish around 5th and 6th depends on how Roma plays also so my fourth place will go to napoli so they made some signings and i think they have better chance of finishing than atlanta so uh, fourth and fifth will go with um, if roma plays good i think they can come in sixth or it will be atlanta lazio yeah actually i wanted to ask you guys how much of uh, juventus not retaining the title is because of perlo being the coach now and him not having any prior experience of managing a team and that's not even like a junior team and all this is his first managerial stint in the on the big stage yeah. at all like not even a junior team or a b team the first team that he takes up with is juventus yes. so so both of you think it's because of uh, perlo being the coach that is not having experience that somebody else will win the title and not because juventus is bad in any sense i think it's because it's an aging squad plus the manager doesn't have an experience like right now also they are going for signings like eden zeko luis suarez yeah like and now no, no, alvaro Lu- morata so Lu- Lu- luis suarez is called so they are not believe yeah luis suarez called off like i'm saying that they're going for these three signings and all these three mm-hmm. signings if you can check is like above 30 i think so Alvaro yeah. Morata is I think so just 30 and Suarez is 34 Eden yeah and they're going for these kind of signings where they should actually be thinking of signing a 23 year old or 24 year old 
striker like they are actually in the true sense being the old lady Yes, Jitu. Yeah. Would you like to add on to that? No, or but in like the, very similar so thing. But in the defense, I think they for them, I think it has worked out sometimes. So if you look back a few years, Milan dropped out uh, Pirlo because he was aging. So everybody wrote off. So Juventus just signed him on a free deal, and we all know like how Pirlo turned out. I'm not saying it should be like that, but I think they are hoping for that to happen. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, so since you both said even I have to say my top four, top six. Uh, I'm backing Inter to do it this season because they're long overdue. And I think Juventus will go second or third. And I think Atalanta can do well. But the thing is, they, their players are being lured away by other clubs. So I don't know how well they can actually perform. And uh, then I think four would again be Lazio and five would be Roma. And six would be Milan like last year. But AC Milan, if they actually perform well, can climb up and claim a Champions League spot. So, to put it again, Inter Milan won. Second is Juventus. Third is Atalanta. Fourth can, uh, will be Lazio or AC Milan. But fifth will be Roma. So, depends on how they play throughout the season. But other than uh, the big names like uh, Zlatan and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and maybe Paolo Dybala, who do you think are the players to watch out for? Sandro Tonali. Yeah. For me, Sandro Tonali. Sandro for Tonali me for also, me. it's for me Sandro Tonali, and I want to see uh, this guy, Justin Kluweski. Uh, Justin Kluweski of Juventus is a new yeah. right wing. So I want to see out for okay. Justin Kluweski, and for Inter, I want to see Akra Fakimi. To see how he does, but yeah, uh, uh, none of you, not being biased here, but uh, don't you think that uh, Juventus midfield is suddenly having a new look? Not only because of Arthur, but like the signings have, like, it's not like the Juventus we used to see, and with the new name signings and with how Perlo used to play, maybe that's how we can expect Juventus to play in the upcoming season. Uh, do you think that the change in the midfield will affect how Juventus approach each game? Yes, I feel they might approach it differently, but again, they have an aging defense. Not even a single new defender they've mm. signed. And again, like it's like, okay, Ronaldo is a champion player, but it's like when he's on a, having a good day, so great. When he's not having a great day, they are not doing. And Douglas Costa is relatively injured all the time. So that is one issue. Mm. Yeah, the other thing was, uh, Perlo had gone out and said that Cristiano Ronaldo, I'll have to rest him for a period of time so that we don't have any fatigue issues because the season is going to be long. And there are so many games with the cup games. Then they'll have to play their CL games and then they'll have to also play their domestic league. So... How much do you think that Ronaldo can keep off, keep up with the schedule? Because considering his age and if he is not there, Dybala also is not uh, very reliable with the injuries that he's had. 
I know we're only talking about Juventus now. We'll move on to the other team. But first, let's finish with Juventus. I feel he he can cope up. Like he has shown whenever people have questioned his physical strength, he has shown through the world that yes, he is still in the game. Like how Messi was also questioned the same way. But uh, I feel like this is last season at Juventus, and uh, like it's like uh, another Champions League disappointment is gonna be there for them. and i feel yes he'll be rested for like these small matches like matches against uh, the lower six teams of serie a because i feel that mm. now that if bernardeski plays in his position and uh, klovenski plays so they can actually make for those kind of fixtures mm. yeah so i think all of us are in general consensus that Yeah, uh, Juventus. I are think uh, going to Conte trusts struggles, so to say, compared uh, to the previous because of and, uh, uh, the manager not being still, very experienced. He thinks like he can find. So let's move on to the other teams. Uh, uh, let's move on to the faster. He is on a downgrade. What do you think about Inter? He should have and, picked uh, it up last season. You've heard news about Vidal uh, uh, joining Inter. There are some signs like he was missing a lot of player chances. Like he was hitting it skyward. Conte in the past. Like how much do you think Inter fell down? Like has and, uh, improved, will improve. I hope he can come better. Come uh, yeah, so like uses this Milan chance he has got. Yeah, they will improve, yeah, and they so. have been improving, and they are doing quite fine under Conte. So and Arturo Vidal, I I honestly don't understand that signing. But yes, he brings in something that is called as experience that was required for that midfield. If Brozovic leaves Inter, that looks like it's gonna happen. Brozovic. So he's a good replacement, but I still feel that one more signing, yeah. and I feel Sandro Tonali made a good decision of not going to Inter because there are many midfielders right now in their ranks, and uh, I think Romelu Lukaku is gonna have a record-breaking season again this year, and uh, they have experience in areas where there is near like the keeper is a very experienced player, Handanovic. Mm. So that's how I feel that Inter is gonna do it this year, and they have that attacking force in them. But I feel like signings like Alexis Sanchez and all yeah. are not gonna affect the whole gameplay much, because as it is, he is not a starter or something. He's just a backup for Lotaro, and I don't think no one has the money to sign Lotaro Martinez this year. True. Oh, and Jito, uh, before we move on to you. I don't understand the logic behind signing Alexis Sanchez from whichever team, what PSG or whatever he was playing for permanently. Like, why would you want to have him when you have a pretty good attacking uh, layout that's already been there and has performed consistently for you? And maybe it's because he's a senior player and he has some experience. But then he's also had a very bad history since he left Barcelona. He was also bad at Barcelona, but everything after that has been bad for him. And Honestly, I don't know how they're going to justify that decision, but maybe we'll come out on that. Yeah. So, the other thing with Inter is Conte always like the way he builds his team is like uh, like he has specific tactics, a specific idea of how the team should play in his mind, and he buys players according to that. So, which could become a problem in future because they are not like well-rounded, and he doesn't think about the future and all. He thinks about the immediate future, and then he plans for that, and he buys players for that. So maybe it can prove to be costlier for Inter in the longer run. Yes. Uh, let's move uh, on to the other I teams. I agree with you because Atalanta, Lazio. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Go on. Yeah, like I agree with you in the same point. The like, same thing had happened with him at Chelsea. Like he played a three-four-three, and he was this very tactical, very very tactical formation. That this player for this position, this player for, and they won the league with him. But the next season they finished, uh, I think so, sixth, sixth or fifth. So that is what has happened to Conte. Like he'll play one season, everyone plays his tactics three four three, getting the wing backs to run forward. It's a new technique, and then the next season everyone knows it, and he'll not even edit it. So that is one thing that is problematic with Conte. Yeah, and I'm sorry. Uh, thank you, Ajit, for correcting me. It was Manu. I forgot that he was not that he was at Manu because it's been so long since I've seen him at Manu. So yeah. Yes. uh we were you're talking about alexis sanchez he came from manu to inter permanently yeah so let's move on to the other teams uh, atalanta lazio roma milan napoli yeah players to watch out i yeah. feel like uh, victor osimhen from napoli milan I, again has latan just said like he's scoring uh, two goals instead of four and he's like benjamin button but in the reverse way So I feel, yeah, he's going to score again this year, and uh, like I expect the same stuff from Roma, but not so great. And Lazio, I feel, is just a one-season wonder. I don't know why, but yes, I feel Lazio is just going to go down, and Atalanta is going to come up because Atalanta is like playing like how I would like to make a very big reference, but yeah, like Borussia Dortmund. Like they are selling their uh, great players, but they are finding good new youth which can do good for them. But again, Atlanta are not gonna be title contenders. They're gonna be like third, second position, like how Dortmund have been doing it in the Bundesliga for years. That way. Hmm. Yes, Jito. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the first round matches got over last year, so got to see two of the teams like. possible uh, top 6 teams so i watched the milan uh, and uh, like this is a different team that we used to see 2 3 years back like they are having controlling their ball like they are playing with that intent to win and it's not just lucky goals and all coming here and there like they were properly controlling that match and zlatan again he scored both the goals on beautiful header and i saw napoli also napoli i think they'll finish somewhere around the top 6 like they usually does like they'll even even if they have a bad season they'll usually end up somewhere there the problem um, last season was atalanta came up so i think that was the reason why uh, napoli had to go down yeah that too was it was last time i think milan versus napoli like either one of them would have got to 6 spot so milan just edged napoli and they got into 6 so i am expecting milan to climb up Uh, because i've seen that game i if they play like that like they made some goods uh, what you call tonali is a very good signing and they have some quality players like uh, ante rebic uh, then what atia atia hernandez is also is very good and of course latan is there and uh, roma i don't see them anywhere near uh, if they're lucky they'll go to europe so i see them going down further and uh, me also i'm not sure about lazio like i think it's on season wonder and uh, yeah that's all yeah i i would like to counter that claim let's see how we hold this out of future but 
I think Lazio will remain, but I think Roma is definitely going down. They're never usually active in the transfer market, but then they don't usually perform also. And judging by how the other teams are performing and Napoli making some good strides in the transfer market, good signings, I think Napoli will go up and uh, Lazio will, not Lazio, uh, Roma will have to come down. Uh, which brings me to a very nice thing. Conte was originally supposed to join uh, AS Roma, apparently. When Totti was there, he requested him to come. They had good meetings and then he almost confirmed it to them and then Inter came down and they're like, we have a project in mind, we'd like to be a part of it and all. So, in hindsight, do you think... Uh, in in hindsight, do you think uh, Conte should have gone to Roma instead of to... Uh, Inter? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. He should have done this. You are saying he should have yeah. gone to Roma instead of come to Inter? No, no. He should have been like at Inter only. Mm-hmm. Like not Roma. I don't think Roma is growing up anytime soon. Uh, Jitu, do you have an opinion on this? Yeah, same thing I have to say. I think it would not have worked out for him if he went to Roma. Especially, uh, Inter are more financially strong than uh, uh, exactly uh, Roma. So, he, that is a big, big advantage. So, he might not have the same effect that he did in, had in Inter with Roma. So, yeah. yeah. So, for people who were wondering why he should have gone to Inter instead of Roma, Roma is not known to be financially that strong despite being the capital team and it's it's like supposed to be the big team, but it is not. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, the pro- the good thing with Inter is their owners are willing to back their manager with the signings that he wants. And I think that was one of the big reasons why Conte chose Inter instead of uh, Roma. Because even if you see now, he wanted Alexis Sanchez, he got him. He wanted Lukaku, he got him. Like whatever team he wanted to get the results, the owners were willing to back him. And I think that is one thing that other teams also can learn, though not everyone has that amount of money. Yeah, so we'll move on to the matches to look out for. Uh, Jitu, please. Okay, first, uh, it has got to be uh, the Milan Derby. So, it has not been that good, especially past, like, lot many years, Milan, AC Milan haven't been at their best and Inter Milan usually wins the matches. Usually last year also we saw that. But last year I think they made a little bit comeback like they are playing better football and I expect a very very tight match. And uh, if you don't know like uh, both the Milan teams share the stadium. So it will like intense atmosphere and especially since uh, Syria has uh, started letting in the fans uh, all the first round games have fans and especially Milan games also they have started letting in fans. So, I expect to see a good atmosphere and it will be nice to watch that game. And last time Milan beat Inter was, I think, during a cup competition. That too, I think, it was a last minute penalty something, I'm not sure. So, this is going to be a tight game. And uh, next is uh, Juventus versus Inter. So, they are the two title contenders. And uh, that will be a nice match. Anyone involving the like these top four clubs, all these matches will be nice to watch. So the Milan derby is a big one for me. Yes. So the thing was, I wanted to mention it before, but I, it slipped my mind. Uh, the reason why Juventus went in for Cristiano Ronaldo was like even when he was presented as a Juventus player, all the fans who had gathered around and the placards that they had held, 
all of them said bring us the champions league like bring the champions league home so one of the biggest reasons for spending a huge amount of money to buy cristiano ronaldo and make him a juventus player was so that they could win the champions league but that has not happened and it's not only cristiano's fault it's not like he hasn't tried his best you saw that uh, the game that they lost in the champions league he scored a brilliant solo goal so it's not uh, down to the lack of effort from cristiano but it's just that the players around him are not of that caliber if i can say so to bring the trophy home and uh, now oh, they're trying their luck with a manager who's not even i should not say qualified enough but a manager who's not like been tested enough so i think if anyone else wants to try and take the seria from juventus this is the season that they can do it because perlo will be trying different things to try and settle down to get a proper formation to decide what style he wants to play in how it will work so if anyone wants to make a play for the cup it is this year yes so advait uh, let's talk about the uefa super cup now that we're done with our uh, seria part of the talk let's talk about the uefa super cup uh bayern against sevilla <laughs> and looking at how bayern have not stopped <laughs> at all in the last three games that they have played i think yeah last three games like the three official games that they have played only one of them has had less than eight goals and that is the champions league final one was 8-2 against barca one was 8-2 against schalke so i i don't see bayern letting up anywhere anytime soon but i also don't think sevilla is going to take it lightly they've had a good defense and they have a good work rate in both attacking and defending I think it's going to be a very interesting game to watch because Sevilla have earned the cup, and I am still going to back Bayern to win because of their sheer quality. But I don't think Sevilla can be taken lightly too. I'll stop doing funny things on camera and give us your opinion. So <laughs> yes, uh, I feel the same that uh, Bayern is going to win, obviously. But yeah, Sevilla is not going to give like tell them okay, ha, oh come score eight goals. Who oh, can score five goals? This is not going to be there. It will be a very close match, and I feel Bayern should not take Sevilla lightly because every team that has taken Sevilla lightly has suffered. So that's the only thing. Yes, Jito, a Bayern fan. Please tell us. Uh, one hit that might happen for Bayern, like is that Lewandowski suffered a small muscle injury in the last match. Uh, like the one that tackle he won, uh, like a player tackled him. So uh, he hasn't attended uh, for what do you call team training uh, yesterday and today. So they're expecting, still expecting him to attend, and uh, it's hope. But even if he's not there, uh, so the issue with Bayern was there past few years that only all the goals are coming from Lewandowski and the others contributing less. So this season completely changed that. And if you notice last game, uh, most of the goals were from uh, Ganabri, Muller, and all. Sane. So Sane also, yeah. Sane uh, Ganabri link up. Look, I I didn't expect that to uh, happen. Like first game, like yeah, they're playing first game together, and they are playing like they have played for some one season together or something, at least. And uh, it would be nice. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, give us your scoreline predictions for the game and who might score. Score, uh, yeah, score. I'm going to go with three uh, one Bayern. Advait, ah uh, two nil Bayern. 
I have no predictions. I still think Bayern is going to score above three goals. <laughs> Not because Sevilla is bad, but I I don't think anyone can contain them. Seeing the last game, like the first game that Bayern played, uh, Leroy Sané was making runs in behind them like a beast. I don't know from where he started running. And the best part is, like Jitu had pointed out that he was like Ribéry. The way that Sané was running, he was doing all the hard work. And when he saw that, okay, yeah, people are coming on to me. And he saw that someone else has a better chance to score. He never hesitated to pass the ball at all, and that was brilliant. So, not saying that uh, Sevilla is bad as Schalke, but I still think it's going to be more than three goals. Yeah, I think that brings an end to our planned part of the talk. Let's move on to our favorite part yeah. of the show. It's called off script, and I, Advet has said that he has. A lot to talk about, so Advet, please take it away. Yes. Uh, so, to all our viewers who have seen the Liverpool and Chelsea game, so uh, yeah, like being a Chelsea fan too. Like I saw the game and I thought, like, why did uh, that was an obvious thing that you could see in the Chelsea game was that they were very scared of Liverpool from the minute first minute. All the balls that are coming to them, they are playing it at the back, then going to the front. Playing it at the back, then going to the front, trying to just just trying to do counter attacks. They were not even trying because they were so scared that the ball will come at the back and there is a guy called Skepa standing there and he might do something. So, irrespective of like uh, this is one thing that I noticed that irrespective of whatever you have or uh, as a new signing. I am not saying that Kai Havertz was bad or Werner was bad. Both of them were decent enough, and they will improve. Like the only thing that I see Werner doing is improving in the coming matches. But what is seen in teams like Bayern Munich, where they have Manuel Neuer in goal, where you see even teams like Barcelona, where they have Ter Stegen in goal. So. There is a sense of security the team has that okay if the ball goes at the back there is someone standing there who will try who will do something so that is where the keeper comes into play and I feel that we need a new keeper and uh, the game was pretty much balanced both ways like I can't say that Liverpool was stronger or Chelsea was stronger in the first half until that red card happened and actually Christensen was defending quite well till that point of time. And uh, and yes, that was a legitimate red card. Any like uh, people who are arguing that it was not a red card, it's wrong. It was a red card. He has his hands around Sadio Mane, and this is where Liverpool comes in. This is where other teams comes in. Like I mean to say, Liverpool, you could see that they had loopholes in them. Like you can counter them, but that's the thing where a confident team comes. So they played like champions, as as you said, Elijah, that day. That is what champions do. That they show confidence on the field. Like Christensen did their mistake. Liverpool were like, okay, we'll punish you for this. That is what needs to be like an outlook for all the teams. Like considering if any team is working towards the Premier League or even Liverpool is working towards the treble, that you need to be like them. Like you need to punish them. Like how in the Bayern PSG Champions League final also. PSG missed few chances. Bayern was like, "Okay, we got only one chance, but we are going to punish you for this." So exactly the, my point and what Kepa did for the second goal just took the match. Like as a fan, I was so frustrated. I wanted to throw my laptop because I thought like after that one goal, still I thought that okay, Chelsea has still hope in this game. They will come back somehow, 
and then that jog in your hop skip and jump but i can't criticize him it's his 16th penalty and before that 15 penalties he scored and 16th he missed so that's the thing so i feel like they uh, i got some positives from the game that they're going to improve they're not going to go down from that level but yeah again like you have to play with confidence against liverpool any team in premier league if you play scared against them then that's not the way out like you need to con- if you'll concede goals you will concede goals but you have to expose their errors and this thing and again thiago alcantara had an amazing debut as the stats said like 75 passes key passes more than any midfielder since 2004 uh playing only 45 minutes so that was an amazing start for him and again as i say sadio mane is way better than sala please listen liverpool fans please understand i love him i so agree <laughs> i agree 100% <laughs> so what's your opinion on the game elijah yeah so uh, i was watching the game with a lot of intent because i was very scared of werner especially not much of kai havertz because I haven't really seen him play much. I have seen one or two games, but he I I didn't know how he was going to settle in into the Chelsea side. And he was not doing much so to say, but Werner was simply brilliant. So, I was always scared that once Werner starts running and he had so many good the first touch passes that I was actually scared that okay, yeah, one mistake and it falls. But one thing of note was despite not having any like uh Trese pro defender like a proper defender fabinho started as a other center half and he did brilliant it was so amazing to see a, a person who could adapt so well he was brilliant he didn't look like i know that he's been filling in for gomez and whoever is injured most of the time but still he was very very good as a defender and like his tackles were so good like when one was making runs he was on him within seconds and the way he stopped it and the way he cut off their attacks was brilliant but one thing that i didn't like from the game was uh, finishing in the final third they only got the confidence to finish after chelsea were reduced to 10 men which is not really great because chelsea uh, don't have like like very great defenders they have decent defenders but they don't have great defenders and if you were not able to break into their half into their uh, last third properly and not able to convert i don't think you are going to do well against teams like city or teams in the champions league and uh, i think uh, uh, liverpool also not signing a replacement for firmino is like i thought in that i sat and thought about it for quite a while then i realized that in klopp's mind uh, minamino is a replacement for firmino so that's why he's not signing a striker or whatever so Yeah, so where was I? We were talking about the game. So yeah, in the game, uh, the second goal came because of Sadio Mane's mentality of making up for his mistake. So he saw that he lost the ball, and he saw that the ball went back to Kepa, and he's like, no matter what happens, they have to win the ball. And fortunately for him, Kepa made a mistake. And uh, I think Kepa, I'm not saying that he's very great and all that because he made a mistake prior also when Salah was making a run. So he, I, I have said this before also, Kepa has to go, but. If you see the styles of the game, Alisson made two saves and Kepa also made two saves. So it's not bad in that manner, considering that Liverpool had six corners and they had uh, I don't know how many shots on target. They had quite a few shots on target. Thirteen, thirteen. So, considering that, 
yeah so considering that it was not really bad for kepa but seeing that the ones that he has to stop he lets them pass by that is bad yeah so that has always been that has always been a problem with kepa and people are like scrambling for us to replace him uh the other thing was liver uh, chelsea's defense actually did quite a good job kurt zuma did a very good job like he was not taking any risks he was doing ball comes he just clears it which is good when you know that people are not able to support you <laughs> you clear the ball <laughs> so basics of defense and he's done it so it was not a bad performance even distinction was good till he made that rugby tackle on mane <laughs> so overall it was it was not a bad game it's just that when liverpool saw an opportunity that they were down by a man they immediately uh, snatched it and they capitalized on it so i think uh, i'm not saying that liverpool were great there were a lot of lapses like uh, advit had said and one particular weakness i want to point out is like fabinho is obviously replacing whoever is injured but when joe gomez comes back there are two proper problems in defense for liverpool one being robertson and two being uh, joe gomez matip or whoever comes there matip is generally good not bad so to say but uh what should i say his name is uh, yes. gomez generally makes a few errors here and there and van dijk also these days has started becoming more and more human every day from being the legendary status is becoming more and more human every day so there are quite a few loopholes that they are supposed to fix in their defense and i know people say that uh, trend isn't very good in defense robertson is better but stats show that whenever teams trend are planning to attack better. liverpool yeah trend has been better and whenever people have planned to come and attack liverpool it's been like they have always been targeting uh, the left flank which is where robertson plays because robertson has attacks more than trent does trent is a bit wary and he is more balanced should if i can say so in attack and defense both but robertson attacks a lot like he creates so many chances on the left flank that it leaves the left flank exposed so uh, they'll have to fix that and yeah generally in general they have to work a lot on their defense and cheers to alison my second favorite keeper for stopping that penalty i'm like oh, oh god <laughs> because the goal difference is going to be bad uh, 4-3 then if it was 2-1 it would have been bad so in overall it was a good game and uh, i think there was not much to complain about but let's see how it goes on in the upcoming weeks Yes. Yeah. So, anything else you want to rant about, Advit? Yeah, we'll just end the podcast with the next big game coming is Liverpool versus Arsenal. So, what is the score prediction, Elijah? I think uh, Liverpool will win two one. Yeah, I have a prediction. Liverpool will win three two. Three two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, I think that brings an end to our podcast. And uh, for everyone who listens till the end of our show, if you listen, we are going to have uh, a series of in-depth analysis for teams. So we want to start off with Bayern, move on to Chelsea, and so on. So if you have any suggestions for us, if you want your team to be covered, please do tell us. We'll do our research and we'll cover your team. Thank you so much. This is Elijah signing off. This is Advet signing off.